Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry focusing on God's unconditional love and grace. On today's broadcast, Andrew's joined by author and advocate for Christian apologetics, Alex McFarland. Internally, the Bible affirms itself. Externally, the evidence supports it. And if I'm going to believe God on eternity, I want to believe God on creation. And now, here's Andrew. Hello, and welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. This week, I've been interviewing my friend Alex McFarland, and we've been talking about a Christian or a biblical worldview, and we've covered a lot of really good things. We've got a lot more to talk about. Let me just say this, that at the end of our program yesterday, and if you've missed any of this, please go to our website. You can see all of the archived uh, programs there and get the entire context of this. But at the end of our program yesterday, we were talking about how that Christians need to speak out on moral issues. And I brought up the thing about that a lot of people, even Christians, will sit there and say, but we aren't walking in love if we tell somebody that homosexuality is sin or that abortion is murder. You, you aren't showing love for these people. And so we begin to deal with that at the close of yesterday's program. And let me just use this verse to introduce this, and then I'm going to turn Alex loose after I say these few things. But here in Leviticus chapter 19 and in verse 18, the latter part of that verse, Jesus quoted this as saying, this is the you know the second greatest command in all of the word. It says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so people will take that and say, so we need to show love to the homosexuals, to the people that are in adultery, to people that are aborting their children. We don't need to tell them that they're wrong. But look at the context of this. The verse right in front of this says, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. And then you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you look at the context of this, love isn't sitting there and watching a person who's absolutely destroying themselves and destroying society and not saying anything. It's love to tell a person the truth and to warn them about the damage that's coming. And somehow or another, this whole teaching of Jesus about turn the other cheek and love your brother has been twisted so that even Christians think that telling a person the truth is somehow or another hurting them and condemning them. And it's not that way at all. We need to be speaking out on this. Well, and we are to love our neighbor, but we're also to love our Savior and obey our Savior and to change the Word of God or neglect the Word of God or uh, cease from proclaiming the Word of God. We're not loving our Savior. Yeah, but Savior. it's not a choice of loving one or the other, loving God or your neighbor. I think that if you really believe like, for instance, you've probably heard of Penn Jillette. Oh, of course, yes. And uh, Ray Comfort has become a friend of mine. And I watched a movie where Ray Comfort had Penn Jillette talk about him and say that even though Penn Jillette is an atheist, an outspoken atheist, he says, if I truly believe that what you as Christians are saying is true, I respect a person who tries to evangelize. Yeah. Because he says it's comparable to seeing a truck coming yeah. and about to destroy a person and you won't say anything or do anything to help because you don't want to offend them. Yeah. He says, if I really believe that what you were saying was true, I would tackle that person yeah. and do whatever I could. So it's not just a matter of loving God more than loving man. If you love people, 
you're going to tell them the truth because these mm -hmm. lifestyles are destroying not only them, but this nation. Uh, Andrew, I applaud you for teaching on biblical worldview because we need to do this. We in the church, if we're going to be what the church is supposed to be and see our nation redeemed, we're going to have to begin to live by the Scripture. And there's a lot we could say of history and archaeology and even logic and science to prove Christianity. There's a lot there, and that's, that's important. But let's just take the, the Word of God for what it says. Amen. And, you know, I know where I stand on all these issues, whether it's immigration or, or welfare or uh, separation of church and state or, or not, marriage, abortion. I know where I stand because I know where the Bible stands. And so one of the, the very first foundational things of having a biblical worldview is to read and actually internalize what God's Word says. And so for us not to say that like to a family member because it's going to make our gatherings awkward no. because we disagree and stuff like that. We can't silence ourselves no. and say that we truly love that person. Yeah. I mean, if, if we're going to allow our person to live, our, our neighbor, our relative to live and die unprepared to meet God, we're going to stand by quietly while they go to hell. We never did love them. That's right. What it really is, we love ourselves. We don't want to suffer the awkward situation, the rolling of the eyes, the criticism. Yeah. You know, I had a situation, I've used this on my program before, but I had a situation on these mountain roads where I was coming home late at night. It was totally dark, it was cloudy and foggy, you couldn't see, but just maybe 20 or 30 feet. And a car passed me going about 50 something miles an hour on a curve. And right after he got in front of me, I saw his lights come on and his car jerked to the right. So I slammed my brakes on. And it was a four-lane divided highway. In the left lane going uh, west was a horse that he had hit. His car was in the right lane, and I was stopped on the shoulder. So the whole road was blocked, and this horse was floundering, and he had the windshield caved in, and he was bleeding. Mm. I went over to help him, and as I was standing there, a Suburban came around the corner, about 55 or 60, and hit that horse and it launched this Suburban in the air, I don't know, five or six feet high and probably 20 feet in the air. And the woman's head made a hole in the roof of the car. Her head mm. made a bubble in it. And uh, I went up to see how she was doing. And then here comes another car. So anyway, it was on a curve. You couldn't see but 20 or 30 feet maximum. And people were coming around there at 50 something miles an hour. So what I did was run down the road around the corner yeah and started jumping out in front of cars. And these people were slamming on their brakes. People yelled at me, waved at me with one finger. What is going on? <laughs> you know, and I'm sure that there was probably some single women or something that were going home and here's a guy jumping out and trying to flag their car down. I can guarantee you people said some rotten things about me. But when they got around the corner and saw the wreck, yeah. I bet you they understood why I was doing it. And if I would have not done that because I didn't want to offend somebody and somebody might wonder about what is this guy doing, you know? And so I just let him go ahead and have a 50 car pile up around the corner. That's not love. No, exactly. And in a sense, this is what we're doing with people. We're saying, but you know, they're my family member, they're my neighbor, and I just want to show them love. You can't, you can't have the truth knowing that the truth sets a person free and you not share it 
because you're afraid that it might offend them or something like that. You can say what you want to, but you don't love them. You love yourself. You don't want to suffer exactly. rejection. Well, and many analogies could be given. I mean, if I, if I knew I had the cure to cancer, uh, I'd be morally obligated to tell people how they could be healed. Let me say this. Uh, I question if we even really believe people are lost anymore. I mean, do we honestly believe that people are lost without Christ? Think of it this way, moving from what if to because that. What if people without Christ really are on their way to hell? What if Jesus really did tell me to talk to my neighbor? And what if I'll give an account whether I did or didn't? Let's forget what if, because, because that people are lost without Jesus. Because that my Lord did tell me and because I will give an account that's why we got to get in gear. One of the reasons that we need to call sin, sin, proclaim God's Word, and yes, talk about the hard issues, homosexuality, transgenderism, people that are ensnared by sin. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples of every nation, and lo, I'm with you always. And by the way, I love that, that begins, he says, all power in heaven and on earth is given to me. Um, we can talk about the power that God imparts to His church. But He said, go make disciples of all nations. Mark 16, 15, preach the gospel to every creature. Part of the reason, yes, people are lost and, and hell awaits those who reject Jesus. But the number one motive, I think, is love and obedience to the Savior. He gave us the mandate. I think one of the things you mentioned there is a real problem too, and that is that the church today doesn't really preach on hell. No. And oh. I know a number of Christians who have been very close friends of mine and at one time were speakers at my conferences mm. and they now have reached a place where they don't believe that there is a hell. And if you don't believe that, well then you lose a lot of your motivation for going out because there are no consequences. Yeah. Stuff like that. So again, it goes back to people don't believe what the Bible reveals. Did you, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon was a great preacher a hundred years ago plus, but he said, if hell is not preached from the pulpit, it will be practiced in the pew. And I mean, we've <laughs> got so many stories. I get emails of pray for our church. There's this or that immorality and situation. Um, it's been said, if we think little of sin, we will think little of the Savior who gave His life to pay for sin. That's good. Part That's of the reason good. that we're not copiously in love with Jesus and obedient, we, we don't think there's a hell and sin is not that big a deal. But I want to say, sin was serious enough that Almighty God left heaven, came to earth, laid His back to a beam of wood, was nailed to the cross. The appropriate measure of God's wrath that I deserved was poured onto Jesus. That's how serious sin really is. Well, that is a great statement. Say that again. If we don't think much of sin, what was that again? Uh, think little of sin, and you will think little of the Savior who great, gave His life to pay for sin. That is a great statement. And if, if it sounds like we're passionate about these things, it's because we are. Amen. This is reality we're talking about. You know, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, I, I love quotes, I quote, but Wesley said, we have nothing to do but the saving of souls. I mean, seriously, mm -hmm. that is job one for the church. It's been said the church is the one organization that exists for the benefit of its non-members. <laughs> you know? That's very good. I mean, we who have found Christ are to help others find Christ.
Okay, so let me ask you this question. I'll throw you in the deep end. Okay. But homosexuality, I believe, is kind of like the point of the spear. This is what the ungodly are using to push transgender, homosexual stuff. And if that penetrates, then all of the other ungodliness behind it, I believe, just goes in. So I've actually heard Christians before say, well, the Bible doesn't even mention homosexuality. So here we are talking about a biblical worldview. How would you defend that? How would you address that? Well, uh, well, it's it's definitely incorrect to say the Bible doesn't address this because but the Bible it never mentions homosexuality. That word's not in there. Well, I would say it it is in First Corinthians chapter six. There's a word arsenokoite. By the way, you know it says, and I'm not trying to be you know, um, inflammatory here, but it says marriage is honorable in all, in all things and the bed undefiled. And the word, the bed, speaking of intimacy between a husband and wife is a, a Greek word for uh, intercourse. Mm -hmm. But there's a variation of that word in First Corinthians 6, and it says, have you not heard that neither murderers, liars, fornicators, abominable people will inherit the kingdom of heaven? And in that list is a, a Greek word, arsenokoite, which is a variation of the word of intimacy between a husband and wife. And it's generally translated homosexuals. So the Bible is very clear that in Old and New Testaments that um, uh, sex between a man and a woman uh, is heterosexuality. Sex between two men or two women, homosexuality is wrong. Now Romans 1 talks about this as well. Mm -hmm. But, but I want to say in our culture, and it absolutely, spiritually, politically, and legally, it is the, in, the point of the spear. And I will say this, if we don't preach about it, help people get delivered, but vote, and if we don't retain our moral compass, it will lead to the criminalization of Christianity. And I'll absolutely. explain why. Absolutely. Absolutely. In June of 2020, the U.S. Supreme Court is going to take up the question if homosexuality and transgenderism should be protected like the civil rights laws of the 60s. For the first time, a behavior will be treated as an ethnicity. Mm -hmm. See, and, and what, what the law has usually talked about are what we call immutable characteristics. I'm a male, that's immutable, can't change it. Um, well, now people say today you can. Well, you know, I think about, and, and what a sad case is Bruce Jenner. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a lot in scholarship now about the regret of, of gender reassignment surgeries. In fact, of those that try to get a sex change operation, which is impossible, but gender reassignment, there's still depression, self-mutilation, self-harm, suicide. Uh, Dr. Paul McHugh was the head of uh, psychiatric medicine at Johns Hopkins. And at one time he was said to be the number one mental health professional in America. And I have no idea where he is spiritually, but he said, we're not gonna do any more sex change operations because it's abuse. Absolutely. And Paul McHugh made a statement. He said, Bruce Jenner, Caitlin, Bruce Jenner needs therapy, not surgery. Well, now people would just be hitting the roof saying that you're, uh, bigot, you're doing all this. Hollywood had a it's meltdown. The truth. But, you know, Bruce Jenner could have all the plastic surgery in the world, and if they were to exhume his body in 200 years, he would still be shown to be an XY chromosome That's male. Right. Feelings don't trump science. And, Andrew, this 
I, I love your show. I watch your show because you talk about the Word. I'm going to be very, only Christians are going to know what I'm talking about here. The people that are convinced they're a woman trapped in a man's body, vice versa, they're under the delusion of Satan. Absolutely. This is demonic. Absolutely. Um, transgenderism is really the ultimate form of moral relativism. I mean, it's, it's one thing to say God can't tell me how to behave. The gay and transgender movement is basically saying God can't even tell me who I am. The Bible, who art man to reply against the Creator? I would beg, yes, we need to witness and be informed, but all the intercessors out there need to pray because the devil is making an end run to try to fully, finally destroy America and outlaw Christianity. And you mentioned Romans chapter 1. You know, homosexuality isn't mentioned by that name because the word homosexual wasn't created until the late 1800s. Yeah. So that's the reason it's not in the Bible. Yeah. But Sodom and Gomorrah, Romans chapter 1, many places uh, talk about that homosexuality, men burning in their lust one for another, and even women using, you know, lusting towards each other. It says that that is the final step before a person is reprobate and totally beyond God's reach. Can't tell right and wrong anymore. And I tell you, we are on the precipice. We are on the verge of that. And if we don't stand up against this, not because we hate homosexuals. No. I was telling you, uh, we had a meal at our lodge yesterday, and Alex was saying what a great meal it was. And I just use that as an example, that the people who supply that, the catering service that does that, we've got two lesbians that run that, and we love them, and they love us, and we've had a great relationship. Matter of fact, they even gave us a, I forgot now what it was, but it was an offering back because of all of the business that we've done with them. And we've treated them well. We don't treat homosexuals badly, but I tell them that this is a destructive lifestyle. And you were mentioning that Bruce Jenner's body could be exhumed, but, but on the chromosome level, the a cellular level. He's still a male. A genetic male. And you need to expound on that a little bit because, again, we're saying this from the Bible. The Bible is very clear for anybody who believes the Bible, but even science is on the side that a person can't change their sex by just saying, I feel like a woman today. You know, the the biblical worldview is unique in that uh, the Bible and Christianity affirms personhood. Your maleness is part of how God made you. And in heaven, in a glorified body, uh, we'll still be who we are. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, on, on the personality level, the physical features, but yes, on the molecular level, maleness and femaleness, gender, is an immutable, unchangeable part of who we are. I'm reading a book right now, Andrew, I've got it on my Um, desk at home of a neurosurgeon, and it's not a Christian book, but it says that males and females are different is indisputable. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me tell you this. Um, we, We love and respect all people, and to tell people the truth and to say that I disagree with your worldview, it doesn't mean I'm being hateful or anything like that. Love is to and I'm glad you use those caterers, and I know they're hearing the gospel here at Karis. Um, my wife and I went to a wedding, and uh, we attended a wedding, and there were two women there that clearly were together. And we're at the reception, and there's hundreds of people. They were sitting there. Nobody was talking to them at all. And, and my heart, I felt sad. 
because I will say this, and I have a um, master's degree training at Liberty in developmental psych. Same-sex attraction is always a means of dealing with pain. Um, homosexual leanings or gender confusion, it's always a result of abuse or pain. So I understand those people need to be cared for because they have been wounded. My wife said to me, and I, I've, I don't know that I've ever told this story in public, she said, look, let's go talk to them. Well, they begin to play. There was a, a orchestra and people were dancing. And Angie, and I, listen, I'm not a dancer. I don't have a rhythmic bone in my body. But Angie and I danced. And Angie said, I want you to go dance with those women. And oh, I, man. I said, don't make me do that. <laughs> and she said, look, no, this is a Christian wedding. Nobody's talking to them. And I've, I've learned to listen to my wife. And I went over there and I said, may we dance? And I'm no good at it, but, and they looked at each other. So I took one gal out there and we danced a couple minutes, took another one, we danced. They were crying and they said, we heard you're a pastor, where's your church, can we come? That's and awful. I said, I'm preaching in Charlotte, North Carolina, be, be glad to have you. That opened a door that we could share the gospel. And now my wife, as she frequently does, puts me out of the comfort zone. But I want to say this, do we compromise truth? No, we don't. We preach the gospel. But we have got to build relationships. And even if somebody disagrees, they need to know that we love them. Absolutely. I believe that if you can convince a person, I love you, and that's why I'm telling you this, they will hear just about anything you've got to say. They will. But if you come across, and there is no doubt that religious people have come across and used the Bible like a club to say, you're of the devil, you're going to hell. And that's not what we're talking about. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 says we have to speak the truth in love. Amen. You don't just love. You don't just speak the truth. You have to combine those two. You have to speak the truth in love. And we've got to start standing up and saying something because I tell you, it, this is Satan. And like you said, it's not just natural. It is demonic. Yeah, it, it, it is, is Satan out to destroy this nation. And one of the ways he's doing it is by casting off all moral restraint. And it exactly. just causes the people to perish. You know, um, I, I'm very blessed to have a, a, a wonderful Christian wife and we love to cook a meal and feed people. and. Um, to win lost people, very often, the, the, the farther they are away from Jesus, the more you've got to build trust, honesty, respect. And that takes time. And I would encourage people, make friends with unsaved folks. It, it might not always be convenient, time, but look, what else is there in life worthwhile to Amen. do? Make friends with the unsaved. We're just about out of time. We've advertised this book most of the week. This is the 10 most common objections to Christianity, but tell them a little bit about this one. We got about maybe 15, 20 seconds. Well, um, I wrote a book for moms and dads called The 21 Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About God. And uh, moms and dads in our conferences would say, hey, teaching my kids Christian worldview, I'm not sure I know what that is. So this is if you have kids 5 to 12, late childhood, pre-adolescence, to impart a biblical view of the world and Christianity to your children. Man, that's awesome. And so we've got the address, uh, his web address for his ministry and website and everything. So I encourage you to contact Alex. We're offering these books here, but you can go directly to his website. And we're going to have you back again tomorrow 
And I tell you, this has been really, really good. I hope it's been a blessing to you. So get the materials and then join us again tomorrow for another Gospel Truth broadcast. Man, before I came to Karis, I was so broken. I dealt a lot with anxiety and depression. I didn't really realize I could have an actual relationship with God. When I came here, I started to see God like, you know, He just wants to have a relationship with me. It totally transformed the way I look at God. God longs to have fellowship with you. This is where faith comes from. It's not just head knowledge, Bible school knowledge, it's revelation knowledge that changes you. Just been set free from a lot of the bondage I was in. I haven't been depressed in so long. Pretty awesome having that just weight lifted and putting on Jesus' yoke. You come here and you meet God personally, and then He gives you a whole new direction. This is a time, this is a season of your life that God's wanting to show you who you really are and what He's wanting to do in your life. If you have a desire for Bible college, God's the one that put it there. If you're considering coming to Karis, I just want to say it's going to be one of the best decisions you've made in your life. Before you even have a need, God has already supplied your need. I know that all day long people are being blessed here and their lives are being changed. If there's anything you want to know about anything, then Jesus is the one. Folks, the moment you get saved, you ought to show the world what Jesus has done for you. I'm just enjoying being fed by people that have walked places that I haven't walked. If you lay foundations in people's lives, they will get a hold of grace. Because you can't be a pastor and do what a pastor does without grace. I feel like this is an opportunity at the ministers conference for ministers to receive the ministry that we need. You're gonna speak to the mountain and it's gonna move. But first you gotta have faith in God. It's time for us to rediscover the full power of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoyed today's interview with Alex McFarland. If you'd like more information about Alex's ministry or his books titled The 10 Most Common Objections to Christianity and The 21 Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About Christianity and How to Answer Them Confidently, visit his website at alexmcfarland.com. It's been a real pleasure to have Alex McFarland on our television program. I tell you, he's a blessing. And we're offering his books here on the 21 toughest questions your kids uh, will ask about Christianity and also the 10 common objections to Christianity. But you go to his website to get that. Let me just mention that I have some product that we didn't specifically talk about. But you know, when you hear how bad everything is in the world, how do you keep your equilibrium? How do you keep from being depressed? I just happen to have a teaching on how to stay positive in a negative world. So we have uh, DVDs that were taken from a studio. We have DVDs that were taken from a live meeting. And then I actually have CDs. And I promise you, this would be a blessing. How to stay positive in a negative world. Andrew would like to make his teaching titled, How to Stay Positive in a Negative World Available to You. This teaching is available in a CD album, as seen on TV DVD album, or as a live DVD album made from a Gospel Truth seminar. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. 
While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. Come and join us for the 2019 Healing is Here Conference with special guests Todd White, Audrey Mack, Greg Moore, and Andrew Womack. Mark your calendars for August 13th through 16th and join us in Woodland Park, Colorado for this free conference. Join us again tomorrow as Andrew continues his interview with Alex McFarland.